0: Okay. Okay. So stop me if you've heard this one. So I pinned a Rolex to the post just outside my house. You could say it's the new neighborhood watch. Ladies and gentlemen, this is your host D to the D, Dr. D, reaching out through the supervision-free source of infinity interfacing. I am joined today by my partner in infinity, B to the T, Brady T, How's it over there in the universe of oppressive aliens.
1: My feelings uh, are beyond your comprehension, but I'm pretty excited to be here.
0: Well, today on Arachne, we will be introducing ourselves to you, the listener, since that seems pretty polite to do on the first episode of a podcast about nerd
1: stuff. How do you feel about that? Well, let's hold on and let's get the business done first.
0: Arachne is a part of the Professional Casual Network. If you would like to support the network, please sign up for our Patreon or purchase some hot swag at streamlabs.com for Professional Casual
1: Network. We are also sponsored by the Frontline Gaming Network, uh, and would love if you use the link in in the notes below. To purchase your tickets for any of their events coming up, since it really helps us out. The next one that I know of is ACO, the Atlantic City Open. I don't believe they have any Infinity events, but their 40K and Age of Sigmar events are a really great time. So if you get your tickets using our link, that'll really help us out.
0: And we can never forget our sponsor, Mr. Laser, at Mr. Laser at dot square dot site. It's always a mouthful to try and say that. He doesn't have a whole lot of Infinity-based products as of yet, but I'm talking to him as much as is, you know, is appropriate. And I'm trying to get him to make some really cool stuff for the Infinity community. I'm a huge fan of his trays. If anyone has ever had the chance to use one of his trays, you know exactly what I'm talking about. They are amazing. And I think if we can get something like that for Infinity, that alone would make the community a whole lot better. And we'll keep you posted on that. Okay, so Brady... You know, we're new here. I'm new here. Everything's new here. We're all starting from ground zero. Let's get to know each other. So, hey, man, lay it on me. Where'd you come from?
1: So I started uh, my big whole nerd hobby, so to speak, right in the deep end with live action role playing. So, you know, have the elf ears on going out in the woods, hitting each other with sticks. Uh, And then that transitioned into Dungeons and Dragons and miniature war gaming. So I, I really started in the deep end, and now I'm just really excited to be a little paint little models.
0: So when you were doing the LARPing, were you shooting magic missiles, or were you a barbarian? Did you wear a shirt? Uh,
1: I, have, I have done the whole spectrum of no shirt on, throwing magic missiles. Uh, in fact, the, the game I started at is where that lightning bolt video came from, uh, just a couple years before my time. That's incredible.
0: I think that, I think that video has made its rounds around the internet. Probably. Oh my God. Longer than I can even imagine. Uh, all right. Well, so what got me into it? Uh, I very early on, I was a big Lego kid. Uh, had a lot of Legos. Uh, I actually had the original aluminum Falcon and by aluminum Falcon, I definitely mean the millennium Falcon and that kit. If you find it unblemished online, I've seen that thing go for like many hundreds of dollars The funny thing is, is I still have it. I think it still has some missing pieces because I think my brother took it when I moved out. So I should probably go back and actually find that thing. My first introduction into what we would call our hobby is going to be probably pretty similar to a lot of people that listen to this. The original Dawn of War made by Relic. I mean, what a classic for video games. And it was my first introduction to Warhammer 40K. And then the buddy that introduced me to the video game introduced me to the miniatures game at a place called sci-fi city in Orlando ripping peaches. It doesn't exist anymore, but I went there and the very first kit I ever bought was a Cadian guardsman squad when it was still
1: $35. Do you remember that? No, I, no, I never bought a Cadian at 35. So you, you basically have always been addicted to some form of expensive plastic.
0: Yes. Uh, when I went to the store, I think that fifth edition, was going to come out in like a couple weeks. So it was fourth edition when I first got introduced. and I didn't play fourth edition.
1: Well, that kind of leads us on nicely to uh, what other games have you done uh, since your time in 40K?
0: So I didn't really. So I, my first kit was a 40K kit, but my true calling was Warhammer Fantasy because I'm was a I'm a big fantasy guy. I've always noticed that if you ever give me the choice between the two, I always leaned a little bit more f- fan or yeah definitely more like fantasy side so more like knights and shining armor yada yada my big thing was bretonians i was a huge bretonian player absolutely adored them loved painting them and i'm well known in the painting circles at least in the local area because everybody because i paint a lot right unfortunately and fortunately in some ways uh so to kind of give people perspective when i first started me and a f- friend of mine We shared a single pot of Regal Blue, which was an old Citadel color, and we painted our models with toothpicks because we were poor and in middle school. I think at the time, you can achieve your dreams, guys. You can (laughs) just give it. You could you could do anything if you put your mind to it. But at that point, it was Warhammer Fantasy and 40k for like the longest amount of time. Eventually, I got into Malifaux, really really hardcore. I think it's still the only game I've ever won an event for, which. Is kind of depressing (laughs) when you think about how long I've been playing these games. And I remember when I graduated and I was going to college, I started working at a store called Paladin Tekken Games. Again, ripping peaches. Everything, Everything I work at and go through dies eventually, which is sad. Infinity N2 came around back in those days. That was where I was originally introduced to it by a man by the name of Alex Kendi. I haven't talked to him in a long time, but he's out there somewhere. I played, pretty sure it was... Caldonians at the very very beginning. This was before fire teams, ladies and gentlemen. Let's just say I've been around the block. I came back and I stopped and came back a couple times cuz of school. But I played a lot of N2, I played a little bit of N3, and now I came back for N4 and I've been trapped ever since.
1: How about you? So my big, big game was Warhammer. It still is Warhammer 40,000. Started in 7th. I really started hitting the tournament scene pretty hard in especially ninth edition, doing tons and tons and tons of events. My last year especially was just focused on... Let's do as many big events as I can. You know, I was able to win at least one GT. I have my sword hanging above my my desk right now. I'm very excited about that still. And then it just kind of hit that point where it's, I'm kind of the opposite of you. I love science fiction. So I was kind of starting to look for another game. You know, I, I tried Malifaux and I love Malifaux, but the models don't grip me because I, I still need to have, you know, some dude in power armor standing over someone so uh, i found infinity and fell in love with the aesthetics fell in love with the the models as we'll get to in a little bit later just fell in love with the rule set so i really came in as like a gw purist and then am finally branching out and seeing the the wonderful world that isn't just daddy games workshop what made you want to leave the comforting embrace of john john gw james workshop is great but one of the biggest problems I have is, again, I, I, I like to play and I like to play to win when I'm playing these games. And whenever there's a meta change, a new codex comes out or, or any kind of rules change, 40K, you're buying two to three boxes. I played Custodes as my primary competitive force. Even then, it, as like one of the smallest army count model uh, armies. You're still buying two to three boxes, and you're spending a lot of time repainting them, doing all this work. It's it it gets to you, and also just there the way they do their rule releases really can just get to you over time. So it was really time of like, hey. Maybe I'll do Age of Sigmar to try something different. It's like, well, you're still going to deal with all uh, James Workshop stuff if you do that system. I play Horus Heresy just because it is a very different style and much you really take that competitiveness out of Horus Heresy. Um, So I'm fine with doing that army scale, but I just can't. I can't afford another large army-scale game at GW size. is is one of the one of the major like the last kind of straw that broke the camel's back to to really look at a game like Infinity and that that smaller skirmish size. So you know this is
0: going to probably determine if you're going to remain a co-host. Were you loyalist or traitor?
1: I mean, I'm loyalist all the way. Uh, Custodes and Raven Guard. My my dog is Korax. You know he he is vengeance. So loyalist. <laughs>
0: That's incredible. I am a a big Blood Angels man myself. Big Daddy Sammy is life. Okay, well, so more recently, I've been playing a lot of Marvel Crisis Protocol. Now, this is going to be story time, ladies and gentlemen. So MCP was life for a couple of years. I came off of Night Models, Batman, the Ministers game, which is, I think, still a very good game. It's got its issues. I'm not going to sit here on a podcast and talk about that, but I absolutely love the game. I played MCP, which is where I met a professional casual network at which point I kind of I guess liaisoned a lot for them and I also really got close with the Fury's Finest group uh, so if you are here coming from one of those two podcasts love you uh, I love to see that you guys followed me around I'm glad that you're at least interested in maybe learning more about Infinity but those podcasts are where I have learned that I think I really wanted to do this so If you want to talk MCP, I am more than willing to talk MCP. I absolutely love the game. I think right now the meta is in a bit of a weird place. So I guess I could say I'm playing MCP light these days, which it sounds like that's kind of what you're doing for 40 K there. Uh, Mr. Mr. Brady.
1: Yeah, I'm basically in the holding pattern waiting for 10th edition. I know I'm not the only one right now. If for MCP, are they doing like uh, are they doing addition models or uh, we don't want to get too deep into the weeds here, but I, I don't know anything about MCP. So maybe we'll make an episode for it in the in the future.
0: But uh, MCP is as far as like editions go, I don't think they fully intend to do additions. They have more access to like a living rule bookie type thing because they've uh, they've acknowledge certain rules that needed to be changed and then they just change them so they're willing to errata those things i don't think there's any intention to make another addition they might do one of those like 1.5 type situations amg the company recently got a hold of a bunch of star wars properties so i think fcp will i definitely don't, i don't think it'll be on the back burner but i think it will slow down a little bit again not to go too deep, too deep into those weeds but just so you know we love, M- we love the MCP community, at least I do, and you know maybe one of these days we'll do a show on it. Who knows? Which leads into our next topic. Why are we here for Infinity then? Well, let me tell you something. As someone who's played it since N2, I absolutely fell in love with the lore. Uh, back then, it was even less complex than it is now. Essentially, CB has done a wonderful job with their RPG. I'm not sure if you've ever had the chance to play it, Brady, but it is magnificently filled with lore. Have you had a chance to read any of the books?
1: I actually won a book at Adepticon, but I've only read parts of it. The lore is really interesting. Which book did you get? My god, Uh, it is upstairs, so I won't be able to tell you the answer to that right now. But I believe it's one of the ones where... Dealing with like Morat's kind of coming in one of the, one of those campaign books. Okay. So one of the campaign books, which are actually f-
0: surprisingly good. And the cool thing about those books is the person that's in charge of the lore in CB actually has to, okay, every single thing that goes through them. So everything in there is lore tight. If you read it in there, it is official and hope, hopefully it won't be retcon, but you know, who knows in this world we live in, are there any, are there any uh, systems out there that, you know, who have been known to, uh, retcon things that have been established uh, for many years
1: uh are we are we taking another shot at <laughs> are, are, is, that, is this like something we're just gonna keep doing taking taking jobs at star wars That star wars? i wasn't even talking about Star <laughs> oh!
0: you fooled me you got you got me with the unexpected right there all right so obviously we're here for infinity we love infinity it's a magnificent game it has definitely
1: changed over the years so this might be kind of fun right so you have only been around for n4 is that right yeah, I think I did like a demo game of N3 before before the Rona. I, I've all in on N4. Oh,
0: so it'll be fun. I'm sure I'll have a chance to hit you with a little bit of the systemitis, the rulebook addition itises as we go old through man yells shows. at young hip man <laughs> yells at you get off my lawn <laughs> you, you n4 and your fancy new models made out of psi cast
1: so how did you get introduced to n4 uh, i have a buddy at my local store who uh, i was kind of burning myself out from 40k and sat down i was like well it's gonna be mcp or infinity because i didn't really have any interest in doing a star wars game but I really wanted to do a science fiction game. Again, I was doing, I was dabbling with Malifaux. It just, Weird West just wasn't doing anything for my soul. And he was uh, he was like, well, I love Infinity. It's my favorite game ever. You should play Infinity. And I also talked to someone else who was in the same boat of, they were a very big 40k person, so they can't really do a lot of Infinity. But they were in the same boat of, Infinity was one of the best games, best rule systems go play this rule system. So I was like, okay, I will I will buy a box of Unidrones and buy a combined army starter box because I love the look of the Umbra and wow these models all look really cool and everything is really cool and exciting so that's kind of what like got me into the door especially because yeah you can build a whole army with i, I think i wanted to say i spent 150 maybe 200 because i wanted to buy some you know some models for me some extra little like bling but you could probably start for about 150 bucks or so which is a really nice like okay i'll give it a shot price point As somebody who has a brutal addiction
0: to uh, choices, I guess is probably the best way to put it. I've noticed that as soon as I choose a faction, I'm like, "I I just have to have everything. Oh, is that out of print? Gotta have it. For some reason, my brain won't allow me to not be able to run a single thing.
1: I, I am forcing myself to be good because I, I will do that a lot in Warhammer. I will, I will like, buy... Uh, I remember when I'm waiting for a codex to come out in our edition shift, I, I bought, like, two of every box of Custodes and be like, I'm ready for the new codex so I can just build and paint and be ready to go competitively. Infinity, even if you wanted to do that, it's, like, maybe two or three boxes, especially because of the way you just have different loadouts and the more proxy-friendly nature of Infinity. How did you... I don't believe you mentioned exactly how you got into it. I remember you've mentioned the game store.
0: So I was working at the store. I was just a, I was just a lowly clerk and another person. I don't remember if he had been hired at the time, but he eventually did get hired. He brought in infinity. And at the time war machine was like the big, the big game, right? Cause it, this, well, I, again, this might've been before you, cause this happened like rip for Seventh in that sp- sixth edition era of 40 K things were getting a little strained between the people in GW other games. That's when they kind of started popping up. So I, so in a weird way, I think that this point in gaming was kind of in a weird way. Like, I don't know. It was like a great way for the little guys to start shining through. Like the, the big tree on
1: top started breaking and the sun started to shine down on the little, the little plants underneath GW, like GW or what I really Like about GW is they bring people into the hobby cause they're so accessible and then on that boom and bust cycle, and, you know, G- uh, GW's been booming right now, and then there's, they're starting to wane a little bit, so all these other games get that big resurgence as all the light comes down, like you're saying, from the tree. And we're at, we're in that resurgence, I think we're seeing a lot of people come to all these smaller games. Canopy, that's sort of little <laughs> Yes, you're absolutely right, though.
0: I think that GW does do a very good job. I think, unfortunately, GW tries to do the, they are the hobby, as opposed to a piece of the hobby. Which is why I think that these slowdown periods work so well for all the other companies. Uh now I say that, and I can truthfully say that at my local store we have people that played Infinity first. And they started with Infinity and didn't go the route of GW.
1: That has become more of a regular thing, which is incredible. Yeah, that's I I don't think I know anyone who started with Infinity uh the biggest one i hear is like oh i started with warhammer fantasy battles and i'm like oh okay i'll get your arthritis medication for you but n- never with infinity it's and we say
0: this just to date this podcast they've just started releasing some more of the information for the re the redo of fantasy and they finally revealed the base sizes as soon as that ha- as soon as that hit my heart like skipped the beat right my little heart monitor that i keep next to my bed so i'm an old old man uh, who played fan- Warhammer Fantasy back in the day. I admit I got a little excited. I don't know if I can go back to it, especially since CB's got Warcrow coming out in the horizon. But it was nice to see some, you know, it was nice to see your old love, you know, even though you don't, even though you don't have the same passion for her. <laughs> All right. Some of the best things about Infinity. Obviously I'm a big, I'm a big painter, so I absolutely love the models. If you <laughs> so the girlfriend, she has said over and over again that the best part of paying the models is that they all have very perky butts. I'm not sure if you've ever noticed that. I'm not sure. I'm not sure what the butts on Sea Army models look like.
1: I guess like the drones, but that's, you know, you get a little bit like the fleshy, the fleshy bit. But I wouldn't say that's not really a perk so far. Uh, I'm sure I'll hit some Shazvasti that have nice, are more at nice perky butts and aren't wearing a cloak to to hide them. I
0: mean, yeah, they're just, they're just ashamed. They're just ashamed of showing it off. It's fine. Just get, you just kind of instill them with some confidence, Brady. Come on.
1: <laughs> well, they're. The metal models have no uh, have no shame in pushing through the paint, no matter how much varnish I put on and and showing the metal underneath. So that's been my my recent painting journey with infinity, my only downside with metal models.
0: So you aren't, used to metal models because you're coming from the period in 40k where they didn't have
1: that much model or that much metal left i don't i don't think gw has any metal left in its line it has some red like some of its fail cast still left in its line but i avoided all of that because i i hate myself but not that much yeah i i i've tried you know some simple airbrush varnishes like a layer or two and i've really come around to the i have to take the as much varnish as i can and just like dunk it in if i want these paint jobs to survive with metal models
0: i mean you could always just use like a uv resin and just completely coat it so it looks like a, a bug trapped in amber
1: okay now we're now we're getting to five head all right
0: so in the amount of time that i've been playing model games i can truthfully say that i have never bumped into anything quite like infinity and i've played the tiny games i've played the big games honestly most of the games that you play i've noticed are either 40k or some kind of 40k derivative with a different like coat of paint on it i'm looking at you both action uh, i love i love historicals but it definitely just feels like fifth edition 40k most of the time obviously a little more balanced i think is that is that what other systems have you tried that have been as unique as infinity
1: probably malifaux which i think is why you see such a big overlap between infinity and malifaux or people like I don't think I've talked to a single Infinity player or Malifaux player who hasn't had, at least expressed some interest in the other. But Malifaux's deck system is just no other game is doing it. It's so dramatically different than Dice. I I think that's the most unique system I've seen outside of infinities
0: that was always my favorite part of Malfo. was the amazing card flip system and how even though you know every single number is in that deck it still
1: feels like <laughs> the world is against you i i one of the things actually that bothered me about it is i'm really bad at card counting and it's like oh if i want to get good at this game i actually need to learn card counting and not just some basic probabilities on dice math that was that was something that was definitely hurting me when i was trying to learn that i was like oh i should be able to predict my next card or at least with some layer like some amount of certainty which kind of leads me into infinity where oh no i should you know i hit on 15s i only have a 20 percent chance of failure 25 percent ch- chance of failure and well face-to-face math that all goes out the window real quick it sure does and then let's just say have you attempted to
0: take down a tr bot when you've run out of other things to kill a tr bot have you ever felt that pain
1: my buddy runs Sunduckbutt in basically every list, so yeah, it, it it hurts my soul. You don't you don't enjoy a, a big mouthful of viral bullets <laughs> on the way to trying to finish an objective. No, no, not really. Not, not not, at all. And you're like, oh, I did a wound to it. It's dead, right? And he's like, no, no, it's got a second wound. And it's like, no, no, Sunduk, but so much fun to say, yeah, but o- not fun to to have the person say it at you. Uh, good, good old Sonny. And what is he? He's uh, in cover. I think he's armored. What is he, like eight or seven or something like that? It's high. I, I don't know the exact number, but like he... His defensive stats are a lot better than you would expect it would be, especially for Hawk Islam
0: Yeah, I know, right? I'm expecting it to literally just be like some armor zero TR bot, and I'm like, oh gosh, I f- completely forgot that th- <laughs> every single time I bump into them, I'm like, why
1: are you so tough? Please leave me alone. Yeah, it's 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 not a lot of fun. How how is it compared to like something like MCP? I know MCP uses like different dice, which is I'm I'm amazed as a system that people keep keep bringing in because I used to do some Fantasy Flight Star Wars, and that's like the one thing people are like oh do you want to play fantasy flight star wars and they're like oh that's a unique dice right yeah no i don't want to play that game good old proprietary dice uh, mcp
0: is very similar to it's been so long since i've played legion so legion has a couple if i remember correctly a couple different colored dice mcp's dice are there's only one dice what you're rolling for is just determined on if you're the attacker or if you're the defender or if you have a certain superpower that'll usually tell you what you're looking for uh i do admit I mean, proprietary dice are just always kind of a thing. They're always kind of a pain in the butt. I do enjoy that Infinity just uses a classic D20 so that you can walk into any store and pick your favorite color and just bring
1: it and theme it with your army. It's so nice. So cool. Yes, the D20 is really nice. I I have some nice metal ones because D&D has ruined me and I'm like, no, I want to feel this metal die as I roll it. Uh, What is, you know, a good and bad thing is you only need, what, six is the max you could ever roll in a single Infinity check. So you're not, fishing out, you know, you're not doing an orc round of shooting where it's like, here's my 50 dice. I I had a buddy who was on team USA and he had a whole fishing tackle box for his orcs and he would shake it. And he'd be like, all right, I'm going to be using column one rows in like, you know, row one, two, and three. Shake, 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 and then like just show the dice because there was no way he was gonna finish that army in time if he had to actually pick up and roll dice. That is
0: just that's an egregious <laughs> uh, show of force there. With the ta- with the,
1: you said it, you said a tackle box. Uh, yeah, it was basically just like a tackle box of just like different like I think like each section had a different number of dice in it so he could easily be like okay if I add these three together that's the proper number of uh, shooting. It was the loudest thing in the universe. He did not put a single piece of padding in that and just. grabbed. (laughs) (laughs)
0: That that sounds awful (laughs) that sounds so bad
1: yet i gotta admit uh he's got a lot of ingenuity to that's you know what he's really thinking like an orc i'll give him that so i did have a question for you as somebody who's done a lot of other games infinity as far as i can tell is one of the only modern games that doesn't allow any form of pre-measurement still it still uses that old schooler style of hey you gotta eyeball it is that actually eight inches i don't know sort of mcp you're only allowed to have two
0: measurement tools on the table Uh, So there's like a little bit of pre-measuring, but only to the size of the tools, which again, there's a proprietary tool system. Infinity definitely is probably one of the biggest games without pre-measuring. Another game I've played at least somewhat recently, Necromunda, no pre-measuring that either. So it's very funny. If you're coming from something like Necromunda, something you'll notice about Infinity is that they're kind of weirdly similar in a lot of ways. If you were to give Necromunda an ARO system, I think it'd actually be kind of amazing how similar they are. There's actually a skill in Necromunda, I think it's called Overwatch, funnily enough, where you get to do an ARO in a 40K game and it feels. So clunky. It's so funny. Every time it happens, it just it feels like you're being ripped out of the game. But somehow in this game, it manages to become much it's like much more fluid since you both roll dice at the same time. It's interesting to see. Infinity is able to take this take what they have. It rolls really well most of the time. I think there's only one clunky interaction in Infinity, which we could talk about probably later, but everything else seems to roll pretty well. You always usually have some kind of option for something you can do, and there's always more. There's less optimal choices you can make for attacking, but you can always do something. So even if you are down on your luck and most of your big attack pieces are dead or something like that, I've seen a moderator go nuts and take down models that had no business taking out just because that's how the dice work, how the active and reactive turns work. Have you had similar experiences?
1: One hundred percent. It's one of the things where, like I alluded to earlier, where dice math at infinity doesn't mean a whole lot, you know, primarily because you're not rolling that many dice. So, you know, you can't actually start saying, hey, here's here's statistical averages. You're just not throwing that many dice in a game of infinity. But more importantly as well, because face to face, it dramatically changes that math because you're like, okay, I let's say you hit on 20s, you hit 100% of the dice you throw will hit. That doesn't mean you're going to succeed hundred percent of the time. Cause if all those rolls were 10 or less and your opponent, you know, prices, right rules and rolled a little bit higher than you, they're still going to do better than you. And then that, that terrible moment that like rips your soul out when you're like, here's all these negative modifiers. Ha, I'm better than you. You only hit on twos and the opponent looks at you and go like, cool. I rolled a two. That means I crit you. You're like, Oh, uh, can I turn off my mibitism? Can I turn off it? Can I, can I, can I step out from, from the cover, please don't crit me. And it's like, well, nope. And that face-to-face dice math really changes and makes every single role matter. And again, like you said, you can have just some random chump take down a huge model because face-to-face dice math is so much harder to predict and plan around. You get kind of,
0: I don't know, maybe not addicted, but man, you really seek those dopamine hits when you just use your six point model to trade for something that's like 50 points.
1: You're like well that dopamine that hit that good. like that dice roll is is one of the reasons again also I like kind of bounced off malifaux a little bit is I don't think flipping a card ever feels as good as taking a handful of dice and throwing them it just that you get that huge dopamine hit every time you like you throw it and look for the numbers
0: and like the owner of the network Tim always says uh if you got a pocket full of dreams and a handful of dice uh you can achieve your dreams I don't think that's what he says but it's pretty close anyway so Brady we love infinity that's become abundantly clear recently just to kind of establish like like, who we are, right? We're bigwigs, right? So, like, when we walk into a room, people walk out of the way. Let's let's be honest here. Uh, I've had the rose petals thrown on the ground as I come walking in. Let me just get this straight. I got eighth place at Everwinter, which is, like, the biggest con in, like, Boston in the Northeast, When it's incredible. And I got eighth out of, I think it was, like, 32. I think you had
1: not joined the community at that point. No, that was one of my last big 40k events. I, I poked my head in between 40k rounds when I was just getting... Dumpstered by Tao. Feel,
0: yeah, it feels good. Uh, I'm glad I'm glad to hear that Tao hasn't changed much since uh, the, the good old days of when I used to play. I actually got best in I have the I got best painted army for that event. And I also got best in sci-fi with my MCP lizard. So yay! If you ever hear some like clinking in the background, it's probably the metals bumping into each other. <laughs> uh, I haven't boiled them down to make a golden toilet seat quite
1: yet. You know, I was uh I was at Adepticon recently. I played in the Infinity's Double and my my partner I got on his back and he carried me as far as he could as as Norkius failed every single role he, in everything he tried. And then I did the singles event and I took 20th or 30th. I was, I was overall very happy because it was my first singles event. I, I run events in the area. I run events at Queen's Gambit. We'll be announcing event in June at some point. I'll be running Iron Weld, which is the next event from the whole Everwinter saga. And maybe this time you'll get the real award you're looking for, which is Middlest Place, which is my favorite, my absolute favorite award to give out in any kind of tournament.
0: So I'm glad that you've mentioned mentioned the greatest award that's ever been created in the minds of simple man. Ladies and gentlemen, if you run events, make sure you get rid of one of them and you need to replace it with the middle list right now you know what as
1: the leading expert for middle list do you round up or round down i kind of look at where everyone else is placing but usually i would round down i think that's probably safe just because that person probably needs it so what, what where did the concept
0: of middle list come from I, I when i when you told me about it i absolutely fell in love with it and it is now my goal for every event i ever go to because i can't roll dice effectively for an entire event usually they give up on me and i run out of steam what where did this come from
1: like all good ideas i stole it Cardin, who runs 40k events at midgard where we'll be playing some infinity in the coming weeks or so he he had it as a prize and uh, i think i actually even won it and i was just like my head whipped around I was like this is the greatest thing ever it gives you have a lot of the like the smoking boots in the first place to give people who are they're doing really badly or really really good so you get that weird animosity in the middle because people are like oh i'm not going to win anything so either they give up or they get a little toxic because they're really trying to like eke out maybe a little bit higher to maybe get that third or or fourth. So you throw that middle list in, and it gives those people who are one in two or, you know one in one. And they're like, oh I can go for a prize right now. And and it's such a dumb prize because so you you can't like math it out. You can't game it out. I love it so much. And again, you you were fighting hard for it and you were what? I think you were one off one too high. I think you suffered from your own success. I did I was burdened by
0: my own success and I think I got one spot above it.
1: But I'd bring it I'd bring it into any any kind of tournament format. It's just a great way to I'm also just a big fan of general of you should always have your prize pool be as I guess deep I'm trying to think of the right word but I, I would rather have less prizes in first second third and have a lot of people have a chance to win at least something so Unless like we're going to like LVO or some other huge event just we're all here to play plastic toy soldiers for fun let's not take it too seriously and also shout out a big shout out to
0: CB one for making the game Two, their prize support when you ask for it is
1: incredible it's, <laughs> it's so weird to so have a good. company that's like no we'll help you out. We want to promote our game. And this just makes people happier. And like you asked GW, uh, sorry, company, I can't, uh, James, I can't mention the names, but hey, can I have prize support, James? No, your prize is getting to play our game. Do you even take the, do they even take the time to say no? Or are they just <laughs> I've friends? never reached out, but I have to assume it's silence.
0: Yeah, I imagine so. Not to, not to rip on GW too much, but it's just, it's the big boy in the room. You know, you got to
1: poke fun at him. And again, I still play, I still play it. I'm still, I'm really looking forward to 10th edition. So, you know, they're the big boy in the room for a reason. Maybe you'll have to run us through it in one of the episodes here when it does finally come out. Yeah. Do a whole comparison. But yeah. So you're, you're coming to the event in in April, correct? I am, but first, let me go over my Adepticon experience. While I was there, I bumped into you. Yeah, we bumped into each other the first
0: night, I believe. We did, and we would had no idea, hadn't even planned it. Those was before the thoughts of this had come up. But I think next year, we'll have to make a more uh, concentrated effort to present the greatness that is Arachne.
1: Yes, we will, between all my different painting events.
0: <laughs> Listen, as a painter, uh, I maybe... maybe uh, <laughs> You can give me a couple tips.
1: Oh, I don't know. I think you're better than me. That's why I go to Adepticon. I have everyone t- teach me.
0: It's it's weird. If no one has had the chance to go to Adepticon, let me just take a moment to say it is probably the greatest event I've ever gone to. When you're coming down from your hotel room and Ninjan is just in the like the elevator, you just get in, and you're like, wait a minute, this guy looks really familiar. And I just asked him, Are you Ninjon? <laughs> He's like, Yeah. And he's uh, he was like he's talking about how he was drinking. <laughs> <I> was like <laughs> all right, man, cool. And he had to go teach a class.
1: He's probably coming to see you. Uh, I had back to back classes with uh, Vince V. Uh, absolutely fantastic teacher. Good choice, yeah. Vince's stuff is
0: amazing. So anyway, at Adepticon, there was this new release called the Bakunin Observance Box. I'm sure it'll come up at least a little bit later. But I'm a big. Big Nomad player, or or at least I'm at least Bakunin player, I guess. Playing Bakunin as much as I did before the Observance release, you played a lot of Riot Girls, and you didn't really play a whole lot of other stuff other than Riot Girls. You were proud to have Riot Girls. Now there's options. I have been loving it. It's been amazing. The new Bakunin stuff, I've been having a lot of fun with it, learning some of the combos. It's really fun to be able to use a little bit more of the observance stuff. It's amazing what a a frenzy discount will do for your expensive units. Shout out to Moira's. I'm sure we'll probably go over an episode of some of the stuff I've learned, much like how we're going to talk about Sea Army, I'm sure, at some point. But huge fan of all that stuff. It's super, just it just supercharged my love for the game, which is one of the reasons why this podcast came came into being. Because right now I am just on fire to play the game, and I want to talk about it. And you're the poor sap that's got to listen to me.
1: <laughs> Basically, I mean, I'm I'm kind of in a similar boat of, you know, I I don't, you know, take one toe into a hobby. I jump, I dive in headfirst. I I have a whole set of micro art studio terrains for my first terrain board i just have to glue it together i did the easy part i bought it now i actually have to do the hard part and build it i, I have both those event inclusive models uh Bakudin. they look really good I'll, I'll be excited to try out some different paint schemes but y- you can keep the nomads that's fine uh it's all about social convergence and divergence at the same time there but the next event coming up
0: iron weld boom uh i will be there I will not be at the Infinity table, unfortunately. I have to help out with some of the MCP stuff. But after that, I am full-time Infinity all the time. What are
1: you doing at Ironweld? Uh, I am running Iron Weld, So I will be the one running around making sure people submit their scores and submit them properly. And also, you know, check in and have flip-printed lists. It is Ironweld, Weld Wake, and Bakunin to kind of go with the Bakunin theme. And we're in Wakefield, Mass. So yeah, I will be running around. And then after, like, I always find it's one of those ones about, like, 15 20 minutes into a round when people have gotten their like initial questions you just kind of chill walk to tables watch people have a great time I'll be excited for those mid uh during the rounds I can just kind of relax and then in between rounds cry as I try to get you know the website ITS it's a great it's a great website I, I wish it was more mobile friendly and could actually do online pairings so I didn't have to print them out and yell and yell all your weird fake names
0: that's one of the best parts, though, is
1: <laughs> hearing somebody's name, uh, like Keef, <laughs> or uh, D's Nuts. <laughs> people people had some very interesting names. I think you can keep changing them. I don't think there's any limit of any amount of times you can change them. So, I'm
0: about to release a great evil upon the universe. Ladies and gentlemen, if you make an ITS name, I'm pretty
1: sure there's not a character limit.
0: <laughs> you can your name as long as you want it it won't stop
1: you if you if you do that for a week in bakunin i you'll you'll get me to say you know what if you guys sign up and and you know show up to the event especially if you bring a table help well bring in a table terrain i'll say whatever stupid name i'll say that stupid shit you want me to say hey
0: you heard it here first folks you might even get like a shout out if you win you know uh, so make sure it's a really funny name that you want to want the entire internet to hear
1: oh of course uh, I, I hope one of the things that we can do with this podcast like one of the reasons i'm really excited is infinity especially is so local scene dependent so you know after our game uh, after our tournament in april i want to bring that person on and, and talk to them after especially after iron i want to interview a lot of people and really get that like that meat from all the different perspectives from the local scene because it's 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 a growing local scene so i'm really really excited to to get to talk to those better players cuz i am i'm a firm fight for middle list uh, right now what are what are you kind of excited for for the, like the future of not just the events here but like the podcast going forward my aspirations for this podcast are we're going to talk we're going to talk infinity
0: oh yeah baby we're going to talk of lore we're going to talk rolling dice we're going to talk about events we're going to talk about games that are kind of surrounding it Kind of like Rem Racer and all. I'm I'm so excited for Rem Racer. One of the things I really want to do on this podcast is interview other people that aren't necessarily not only fantastic gamers, but also like hobbyists. I know a lot of very good hobbyists out there. Honestly, I just want to bring those people on. Maybe we don't even talk about the hobbying part of it, but I really want to know the people. Like, what is it? What is their nerd, nerd story? You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, totally. And so I want these. I want a couple like recurring character, like a recurring cast, a couple people that are come in willing to give some of their opinions about things, yada, yada. I do want to go over things like how to enhance your hobby in ways that don't necessarily revolve around what goes on on the table. As an idea, I would like to talk about, like, how can you get a spouse involved in the game? Maybe they don't really want to play the game. But uh, lots of spouses love to get involved. They love the community aspect of it. Maybe they don't really necessarily enjoy the gaming part of it. But the hope is, is that when you listen to that episodes like that, right, not only can we improve your interactions with dice and the people around it, maybe you'll make new friends, but maybe you'll get a couple new ideas to make like just kind of like your life in general better. You know, you can improve your. Who knows? Who knows? The sky's the limit, really. And so, obviously, we're always willing to take ideas. So make sure you give us a uh, couple ideas if you think you have a really cool episode idea.
1: See, I was really hoping you were going to say we we're going to do just a painting episode. Again, we're not going on. We're not going online. So I just, you know, just an hour or two of just pure silence. You just hear a paint sh- a paint bottle shake, hear the brush swish, hear hear like a swear when you mess up. What noise does it make
0: when the null oil the open pot hits the ground?
1: I have not ever spilt in non-oil, but I uh, I had a buddy 3D print like stands for them. So whenever mm. I'm using it, it goes in there because I will never I will make sure I never spill a bottle of non-oil and never drink my paint water. I've never done those two things and I'm never intending to. That's one of those things I've never understood. It's like, why is your drinking water so close? That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> like, don't do that. I, I even ended up buying that like that really stupid James Workshop uh, water pot thing. Granted, I also like it because like I can't knock it over, and in theory, like the ridges are nice, but like it's all matte, so it like gets the water off a little better than like a really uh, glossy mug. But yeah, I've I've never understood someone who's like, oh, I, I drink my paint water. How? Just put them on the opposite sides of the table, and you're fine. It's a Humble humble brag, I guess. <laughs> they got they got to, they got to talk about something, I guess. No, this is this is why this is why people listen to us because we haven't drank our paint water. So just
0: big flex. Come in here for big strategies on how to separate your drinking water from your painting water. <laughs> Congratulations, you've done it. You know, if you do it for a certain amount of times, we send you a certificate and a coin of, I don't know if sobriety is the word. Uh, you probably, you're going to feel something if you drink, <laughs> if you drink enough paint water. So you probably need a sobriety coin for that.
1: We're not going to do painting competitions. We're just going to do like, Hey, we know you have a problem with your hobby. Here's how to not spill your oil and not drink your paint water. Here's your sobriety chip.
0: Great job, man. You know what? Maybe we'll do have to do like a video or something. They get to watch like they've earned it, but they got to pay for it first There's a paywall for that kind of stuff.
1: Oh, that's that's Patreon. That's like a third, fourth tier of Patreon right there. (laughs) You got to be a professional cake sitter for
0: that one there, folks. (laughs) All right, Brady. It's been fun, but hey, the first episodes in the book, Brady. How you feeling?
1: I am feeling really good. Uh just we we got to make sure we don't lose the book. Uh put it up on a nice high shelf and leather bound. You know in a weird
0: way, I think that this is the perfect opportunity to really invest in like one of those leather covers, you know. Just really 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 splurge, you know? Really just make it feel
1: real homely. Turn this book into a home, you know? That's what they say. Find find a nice person, just just flay their flesh, you know, just boom, got a nice got a nice book. Oh, sorry. Uh not not alien talk anymore. Yes. R- cow leather. Yes.
0: D D oh, this is this disgusting, disgusting alien talk. <laughs> all right. Guys, if you can give us a five-star review on your podcast player of choice, I can't express enough gratitude if you could do that. Also, don't forget to check out professionalcasual.com and look at all the other stuff this network has to offer. We got hobbying blogs written by yours truly. We got live play RPG sessions. We got MCP podcast we got live twitch games for mcp
1: called oh wait the power phase and heck we even got a boat we know how much you've been wanting one of those please guys uh give us reviews share them with your friends family even if your pets have phones i know corax is listening to me this whole time you can listen with them.
0: And you always know where to find us, or at least you will after I say this, since this is the first episode. You can find me, Dr. D, on Discord at Dr. D at 4340 or send me an email at furypainting at
1: gmail.com. You can find me, Brady T, on Discord at bradyt8774. You can also catch me talking infinity and Horace Heresy on the Danger Planet YouTube channel. Thanks for listening, Nomads. Make sure you keep it popping out there and don't let Aleph get you. It's never too late to embrace the involved intelligence.